Hey, thanks so much for taking the time to listen to this podcast from Vital Point Church. My name is Ron. I'm the pastor here at Vital Point. We believe that it's important for people to explore and grow in their faith. And my hope, my prayer is that this message that you're listening to will draw you closer to better understanding how you can live out your faith journey in the everyday life. Sit back and enjoy. Welcome, everybody. Thank you for being part of this today, this gathering, and uh, I am so excited to share what I have for us today. I want to start by reading uh, from the Bible, Psalm 1, 1 through 3. Listen to these words. Blessed is the man, or godly person, who walks not in the counts of the wicked, nor stands in the way of sinners, nor sits in the seat of scorners, but his delight is in the law of the Lord. And on his law, he meditates day and night. He's like a tree planted by the streams of water and yields its fruit in its season. And its, leaves does, and its leaf does not wither and all that he does, he prospers. I start with this verse, these verses because I believe it's gonna set the tone for where we go today. Last week, we kicked off our series called Raising Adults. And to be clear, we're not talking about kids raising adults, and we're not talking about the adult that's stuck in your basement that comes up for food every once in a while. We're talking about this idea of raising adults. And the reason why we wanted to call it this is because we understand that in the middle of the parenting experience, we can forget what the end goal is. We can forget that we ultimately want to see this, these children move into adulthood. Last week, we talked about this idea of arrows being shot. Now, speaking of last week, there's a few things that did land for us, and I know that there's been some conversation around this. As parents, we need to be students of our children, learning their God-given desire, design in order to understand their God-given destiny. One of the critical thoughts that came out of last week is this idea of stop telling children they can be whatever they want to be because that's not true. God has specifically designed them. He's uniquely designed your child. He knit them together in the mother's womb. He formed them. Their personality, their passions, their dreams, their characteristics were developed. And our responsibility is to be students of these children so that we can expand their understanding of how God has designed them. God has assigned you the responsibility as a parent, if this is you, the responsibility to guide them. It's your role to to foster these things inside of them, to disciple them, to even discipline them, to lead them into this better understanding of what God has done for them. We recognize that the process isn't easy though, right? If you got into parenting because you thought it was easy, I don't know what you were drinking at the time, but I gotta tell you what, you probably found out very quickly that the parenting gig is not as easy as you thought. I read this quote this week that said, uh, parenting is part joy, part guerrilla warfare, and it is so true. Now, I hope that after last week, You as a parent or parents, or maybe uh, you've had some conversations around some of the things we talked about. And I've been loving hearing the reports of our connect groups uh, that uh, some of them really dove in and really exposed some of the fears uh, in in parenting children and and stepped into it and helped each other. And my hope is, is that this will begin to grow inside of us as a church and see God do some incredible things. Now, I need to talk about the direction for today. 
The plan was to teach on marriage. Matter of fact, last Sunday when I kicked off this uh, this series, the, I said that this week we we're going to talk about marriage. We we're going to talk about this idea of what God has designed for us as as parents, as mom and dad, in the context of building a strong foundation of a mom and a dad living into the reality of what God has called them to do. And and to be quite honest with you, this series has been planned now for a lot of months, and that was the original plan. But something was stirring inside of me as I began to think about where we need to go. And I ran it by our, um, I ran it by our teaching team. There's a, a few of us on the teaching team, and I ran it by them, and they felt it was important I step into obedience on what I needed to speak about today. The reason I sense this is because I recognize that each and every one of us come at these conversations from our own experience, our own situation, right? We do have moms and dads in our, in our, in our church that uh, are together and live under the same roof and they're, they're parenting together. We've got some that are separated or divorced and, and kids are going back and forth between the homes, we have some that, you know, the, the mom maybe is a follower of Jesus and the husband is not, or we're single parenting, or maybe you've adopted or fostered, or maybe your grandparents that are raising your grandchildren. So wherever you find yourself in this conversation today, I felt it was necessary that I shift my approach this weekend and to what I hoped would happen. So if you've shown up today hoping for a marriage talk, I apologize. You know, some of you are thinking, I came here today to get the answers to my marriage and and I'll be able to point out all the flaws of my husband or wife and that'll have to have to wait and maybe come up in another time. But today I wanna jump into this by asking an important question. And the question is this, what is your starting point as a parent? I want you to think about this question. What is your starting point as a parent? What do I mean by this? When the midwife or the nurse or the doctor hands you this bundle of joy, you have a starting point in which you will parent this child. Even though you have no clue what you're doing, there is a baseline that you will start from. We as parents come from these experiences in our lives, everything that we've gone through, everything that we've done, whether it's good, bad, or evil, the things that have happened to us, whether good, bad, or evil, influence our parenting. What you have seen in others, what you've watched in your own parenting, what the home that you grew up in gives you a starting point. Maybe you grew up in a home where mom and dad avoided conflict and they, they never disagreed in public. And so you have this sense that that's gotta be your parenting style. Or maybe... Dad was distant, you know, he worked long hours and he was absent or maybe borderline abusive and that influenced your parenting where you said, I will never be that way. Or maybe mom was a little, maybe she wasn't as affectionate as what she should have been or kind of kind of uh, detached or maybe her words were sharp and that's impacted your parenting. See, our experiences in our environment can be a big influence on our parenting techniques. But there's also something else. There's also something else that we bring into the parenting arena, and it's this. It's our own personal brokenness and our own pain. We're complex beings, aren't we? We as human beings are complex. And what we all know and understand is that there is brokenness and pain lurking beneath the surface of our lives and it impacts our parenting. We try to hide it. We try to mask it. We try to deflect. We try to blame. 
but it's inside of us. It's like a deep sliver. I want you to imagine that you have a, a deep sliver in the palm of your hand. You can't really see it, but you know it's there. You can feel it. You try to, to dig it out, but it just is there. And it impacts how you hold on to things. It impacts because it distracts you. You know it's right there below the surface. We all have these things in our lives, the brokenness and our pain. I know I do. I've spoken about this over the years. I was unaware that I was carrying unforgiveness in my life towards my dad. He had died when I was 11 years old. He died of cancer at the age of 36. The Sunday afternoon that he left to go to the hospital for treatment, he just left and we never saw him again. The deep sliver created anger that lived beneath the surface in my life. And I went through a fairly long season of anger. It impacted my assignment as a husband and, and as a dad. It was my starting point was my anger. I was unable to enjoy the boys to, in the way I should have. We've got two sons. I had to control them. I, I would be explosive at times. I would say now that I didn't lose my temper, I found my temper. It's, it was so it was like uncaged at times. No, I did a good job of hiding it and covering it up on the outside. But at 36 years old, I had this moment with God. And it was funny to me that it was 36 because that's the same age my dad was when he passed away. At 36 years old, God began to do the deeper work of my soul. And I had to deal with the sliver. I had to deal with the pain. It was a long journey of unpacking this deep sliver of anger and unforgiveness in my life. It was this season that I had to go through where I had to find that help. See, sometimes, this is just a side thought, sometimes we have to go through the surgical work of the Spirit of God in order to dig these things out in our lives. We have to do this because the regular patterns of faith development aren't good enough. Have you ever thought to yourself, like, I read my Bible, I pray, I go to church, I give, but nothing seems to change. See, there's sometimes we have to do the deeper work of the soul, and that's what I had to do. There was the surgical work of the spirit. It was in the most unexpected moment for me. I was watching my youngest son play. Uh, actually, he was at a soccer practice. It was an indoor practice. It was wintertime, and I can remember being up in the loft, looking down on the pitch. And I was just had my elbows on the window and I was just watching and not thinking anything of it. And he did this spin around move. He, he was quick feet and this little spin around thing. And, and uh, he glanced up at me to see if I'd seen him do it. And it was amazing because it was such a great move. But what happened to me is I broke in that moment instantly, unexpectedly, because I realized that I hadn't, I never had a dad that watched me do these things. So I entered into a season, a long time of working through it with a professional, accountability people find the healing. See, one of the mistakes we make as parents is we think we have to have it all together. We, we have to know all the answers. We need to make it look like we know what we're doing. We have to be right all the time. Have you ever seen one of those parents that has to be right all the time? They give no room. Like there's so much pressure we put on ourselves to, to be right, have it all together, to, to look like we know what we're doing. And oftentimes, the starting point of our brokenness and our pain clouds that in our lives. We all have this starting point. 
And it often isn't the best starting point. So I want to present to you today to change the starting point, to recognize that there's a different starting point that you can parent from. And I believe that this has the potential of being a game changer for many of us. For some of us today, this is going to be like a reset button. It's going to be a reboot in our parenting. You know when your 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 computer system is chunky and it's not working properly and you, you have to shut it down and restart it? Today, I believe that for some of us, this is what's going to happen. See, I believe the starting point in our parenting must be from the process of being formed into the image of Jesus. Now, that's for a faith-based person. And right away, some of you are like, Ron, I'm not even a follower of Jesus yet. Some of you are like still trying to figure out if Jesus is legit. You're, you've been around Vital Point for a period of time and you've been watching us and you've been trying to sort out if Jesus is legit by watching us. And my prayer is, is that you will see the power of Jesus and you'll recognize how important it is to have a relationship with him. But I am convinced that we have to adjust our starting point. And the starting point is understanding that we as parents are all in process of being formed into the image of Jesus. The starting point is the recognition that in a relationship with Jesus, it is a process of putting on a new coat that we parent from and getting rid of the old coat that we parent from. Now, you might be wondering where that comes from, and it comes actually from the Bible. The Apostle Paul wrote this in Ephesians chapter 4, verses 20 and 24. Look what he says. But this is not the way you learn Christ. Assuming that you have heard about him and were taught in him, as the truth is in Jesus. I love that line. As the truth is in Jesus, to put off your old self, that old coat, that old jacket, which belongs to your former manner of life and is corrupt through deceitful desires and to be renewed in the spirit of your minds and to put on this new self created after the likeness of God in true righteousness and holiness. Notice what Paul says, that if we live from our old self, the deceitful desires, the place of our brokenness, the place of our pain, the place of our guilt, the place of our shame, the patterns that we've developed, the habits. It's wearing this old coat and we kind of wear it in a way that we say, I'm, this is all I know. This is all that's familiar to me. And we excuse our behaviors. But Paul says, no, there's a new coat. There's this new way of living and it is in the truth of Jesus Christ and it is a process of being renewed in our minds to be transformed into the likeness of God, not to be God, but in the likeness of God through true righteousness and holiness that we can be renewed. I love how Paul talks about that, created that, that shift in our mindset and he used, even uses two things, righteousness, which is the centerpiece of our lives that grows out of Christ. Christ becomes our righteousness. When we enter into a relationship with him, he makes us right with God, but then we live from that centerpiece of the righteousness of the upright living in him. And then the holiness, it's that integrity of being set apart by the truth of God and the truth of Christ in our lives. See, a Christian faith is secured in Jesus, but it is a process of being walked out in the newness of who he is in our lives. It's the new coat. 
A big fancy word for it in church world is sanctification. It's the process of being worked out in our lives. And Jesus brings that along. For those of you who are followers of Jesus and are trying to parent out of your pain and your own brokenness, I need you to hear my words on this. Step back, take a breath, and let yourself enter into a space of renewing as God shapes you into the person he sees you to be in relationship to Jesus Christ. If you are parenting from your pain and your brokenness, those patterns and behaviors are the old coat and it will be represented in how you parent. See, the old coat for me was anger, right? Think about this for a second. I have a moment where the anger displayed itself. I, I uh, didn't get permission to share this, but I'm gonna share it anyway. It was Father's Day many years ago. And our youngest son was riding, he was into dirt bikes, as I've mentioned before. On Father's Day, he didn't know this, but his gift to me was to go to the dirt bike track, go for dunes just outside of Tilsonburg, Ontario. And we drove all the way down there that Sunday afternoon after church. We loaded up the dirt bike on the pickup truck and we went to go for dunes an hour away. We paid the fee for him to ride. He was out on the mini track. We were in the pits. It's gonna be an epic afternoon of father-son time together. And in the second lap, a bee went up inside of his jersey and stung him on the elbow. He comes off the track and he's whining and complaining about all this being stung by a wasp. And he said he wasn't gonna ride again. That day, he was like, I'm not doing this. He and I end up in this toe-to-toe battle at the track. We got two laps in. We paid. We'd been there. We drove an hour, and we loaded the bike up, and we went home. I was fuming. We got home, and I, I took the bike off the back of the pickup truck, and I put it in the garage, and I covered it with a tarp, and I said, you don't even think about riding that bike again. See, the old coat. See, my guess is... All of us can replay those moments, right? We recognize the old coat moments, that old self. Maybe even the car on the way to church today, (laughs) you had that experience in the car because I know how this goes down. You jump out of the car and you look all smiley and great, but in the car, you know what was going on. See, I want us to understand something very important here. As I think about the starting point and as it relates to raising adults, Last week, we talked about our responsibility to train up our children in understanding what does it mean to follow Jesus. We talked about our responsibility to lead our children to a faith foundation in Jesus Christ. This is the best foundation you can give your child. Like, I'm not kidding you. Like, if you want the best for your kid, like if you buy the best equipment for their sports activities, you buy the best outfits or whatever it is that you're doing, the best foundation that you can give your child is not left up to chance It's actually giving them a foundation of Jesus Christ because the world is not going to seek your best, their best interest. And so our responsibility is to direct them to that. But what I want you to consider is this part of your journey of the starting point of being formed and transformed into the image of Jesus Christ happens as you allow your children to enter into that process with you as you are being formed in the image of Jesus. This hit me. One of the many reasons teenagers walk away from their faith is because there's an inconsistency in the parenting, in the parenting formation, right? It's in the parents who are not allowing their children to see the transformational walk with Jesus. 
They can talk it. They can drop them off at youth group. We can come to church. We can do those things, but we never think to allow them into our own journey of being disciples of Jesus ourselves. So I want to propose to you today that the starting point is saying, I'm going to find ways of appropriate levels of transparency for my child. Hear me on this. You don't have to open up every area of your life. Like if there's a a dark addictive pattern in your life, no, you're not going to open that up. But what you're going to do is you're going to allow them to see and for you to model what it looks like for a person to be a disciple of Jesus. So there's going to be the good moments that you let them see. There's going to be the ugly moments that you let them see. On a number of occasions, I had to sit down with my children and show them, my two boys, and show them what it looks like to ask for forgiveness, to model the forgiveness that God gives to us through Jesus Christ and and the modeling of the relationship. There were times I would have to sit on the edge of the bed and I'd say, boys, I want to own this and will you forgive me? Side note on this. Forgiveness is not saying, I'm sorry, my bad. Forgiveness is saying to your children, will you forgive me? Because the ownership is in their court. They're learning to say, I forgive you. There was one time that David said, I'll never forgive you again. And thankfully he did. We invite them into this process. See, God uses things in our lives in the transformational process of becoming transformed into the image of Jesus. And what a beautiful thing to do is to allow your children to see that in you so they can see the realness of faith. Think about the pressures in your life. Like think about the pressures that God uses to bring about the formation. So for example, uh, when you get married, you begin to realize how selfish you really are <laughs> or, or you realize that you're not as compromising as, as what you thought you were. And then kids come along and that gets magnified by like 1,000, right? Or it, it just like magnifies all the things that are under the surface of your life and you see things in the mirror, you're like, man, I didn't know that was there. But what if we just humbled ourselves And confess to our children that we don't have all the answers. What if we confess to our children that we're in the process of learning what does it mean to follow Jesus? We're learning what does it mean to live in the truth and the transformation of who Jesus is in our lives. Now, I know that some of you are like, how do I do this with my three-year-old? I don't know, figure it out. But what you could do is say, I'm gonna take the posture of my starting point as being my transformational process into the image of Jesus rather than my pain and my brokenness. And you can start now so that as they get older, they can begin to see it. There's a verse that the apostle Paul writes in 1 Corinthians chapter 11, verse one. I love this verse. He says, be imitators of me as I am of Christ. Now, it's pretty arrogant statement. Yeah, hey, just follow me, imitate my life, you know? Like, I've got it all together. That's not what he's doing, okay? Let's just get real with it. He's not, that's not what he's doing. What he's saying is this. If you follow me, if you watch me, if you imitate me, you'll actually see Jesus. Think about this for a parent. Think about what those look like for a parent. If you were more open to this idea of Jesus formed in you so that your children can see this, that you allow them to see the processes of the hard times. You invite them into the times that you spend with Jesus. And my assumption is 
And my hope is, is that you spend time with Jesus. Like when you open up your Bible and you let your kids see the time that you spend with Jesus because you want to be formed in it. See, the more time you spend with Jesus, the more you begin to look like Jesus and the realness of your faith becomes rooted in you as a parent. There's no greater power than inviting your children into the faith dynamic of transformed in Jesus. So this becomes our starting point. So you see it as this arc towards raising adults and raising adults that now are disciples of Jesus, they see it modeled in you. They see how that works. Paul says, be imitators of me as I am of Christ. Can we say that as parents? Can we say to our 10-year-old, follow me as I follow Christ? Can you say this to your 15-year-old? Follow me as I follow Christ. See, this is my hope for us as parents is that we will enter into this new starting point and allow them to see this. I gotta ask a couple questions though. A couple important questions. And the first question is this. um, What area of your pain and brokenness are you not allowing Jesus to transform? Because that is probably the area that has the greatest influence in your parenting. What areas are you holding Jesus at a distance? What hurt or shame or pain or guilt? Let me say this with all grace and truth. If you're unwilling to do the deep work of the soul and find forms of healing, it will have a direct impact on how you raise your adults. It's not easy. It is painful. It is difficult. But when we begin to shift this mindset, when we adopt this new process of parenting, you know what happens? It takes the sting out of the failures. So we say, Jesus, I want you to come in and I want to enter into the process. By your spirit, I want you to do the surgical work. I want you to find that sliver that's deep in my soul and I want you to get it out of there because I don't want that to be my starting point as a parent. So it takes the sting out of the moments when you do fail, the moments when you do drop the ball, because they still will be there, but they'll be less and few and far between as you enter into the transformational process. Now, please understand, don't use this as an excuse like, oh, sorry, my bad, you know, I'm under process. I mean, uh, it's, it's, it's a Jesus thing. No, don't, don't be ridiculous. It is the, it is, is genuinely stepping into this moment and allowing the process to happen. And it even will help with the chatter in the background of your parenting because many parents feel like failures. And I wanna say to you, the chatter can be different. I wanna read for you once again, Psalm 1, 1 to 3. Blessed is the parent we added in parent. Blessed is the parent. Blessed is the man slash parent who walks not in the counsel of the wicked nor stands in the way of sinners nor sits in the seat of scorners, but the parent's delight is in the law of the Lord. And on his law, he meditates day and night. He is like a tree planted by streams of water that yields its fruit in its season and its leaf does not wither. In all that he does, he prospers. I've never met a parent that says to says to me, yeah, I just want to be mediocre. I just want to be, you know, an okay parent. Most parents I talk to, they want to prosper. 
They want to have their parenting be vibrant and alive. They want it to, to bat better averages if you're going to use a baseball theme. But maybe we just need to change our starting point. Maybe we need to shift our starting point a little bit to saying, you know what? I'm a follower of Jesus and I, I'm in process. He's doing a work in me. That's my starting point. See, I, I want you to know something today that this parenting gig is a, the biggest assignment we will ever have in our lives if you're a parent. And I stand here today before you not preaching these truths or giving this talk or this message from just some theory. I'm preaching it from a life lived in the midst of this. It's a leaned in truth for me. I stand here in front of you as one who has been transformed by the power of Jesus Christ, who has a new coat that he parents from. And even though my parenting responsibilities have drastically changed when you have adult children, but what I've recognized is that God can take the ruins of my soul and he can take the ruins of your soul and build a new foundation to start from. May God continue to give us strength as we step into parenting. May we know that we can have a starting point and his name is Jesus.